Hello, you're listening to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Christoph Jakob. Uh, how are you today, Christoph? Hey, I'm doing fine. How about you? Yeah, yeah I'm good. It's an evening, so I finished work, so it's always good. Um, <laughs> I mean, generally where I start the um, the podcast and sort of interview as such is asking basically your origin story how you came to work in music in general your sort of journey in music and then how you came to be writing soundtracks for video games yeah so in short the short answer would be you need a lot of luck and you need to you need to be at the right place at the right time but the longest story is <laughs> the more interesting one, I'd say. Pretty much in, I think it was in 2008, I was 14 there and was still in school. One afternoon, I more or less randomly downloaded something called Mario Paint Composer. I'm <laughs> not sure if you're familiar with, with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is based on the uh, SNES game Mario Paint. And I found it so fascinating that you can pretty much make your own music or try to recreate music from others in this little program. And so I more or less accidentally in question marks, in question marks, yeah, in quotation marks, <laughs> um, taught myself how to compose music at a very basic level, but you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember there was, again, it was probably around that time, there was like a massive community of people just using Mario Paint and Mario Paint Composer just to make yeah. like original I was, I was songs. Part of that. Yeah, and like there's just quite a lot of covers. And just remember, I mean, I imagine most of it's still there if you go on YouTube and search for X song and Mario Paint cover, it's, yeah. it's still there. My stuff sadly isn't there anymore because for some stupid reason I deleted my old channel back in 2012 so all my I think a hundred something covers are just gone forever which is a bit of a shame. <laughs> ah, is there any, any you did that you were particularly proud of or that were really good? Uh, my, I, I remember that my most viewed remixes were City Escape from Sonic Adventure 2. Yep as well as uh, live and learn from the same game yeah i mean sonic soundtracks were always always classics yeah. i mean i also enjoy that you uh used the mario composer to do a sonic soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean why not yeah i was trying to do pretty much everything sonic mario kirby mega man nice yeah indie games weren't that huge back then at all <laughs> so i was mainly focusing on the huge triple a titles yeah so i mean from from there how did how did like you um what was like the sort of first game you did the soundtrack for and how did that come about um there's actually a huge time gap between downloading mario paint and actually making music for my first game <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, it was 2008 when I downloaded Mario Paint Composer. And in I think it was late 2009 or something, I was getting a little tired. But I don't mean that in a, in a negative sense of Mario Paint Composer. So I downloaded a demo of, of FL Studio. Yeah. And spoiler, I'm still using FL Studio today. <laughs> it's my main, my main software that I'm using. <laughs> uh, if it still works... But 
<laughs> but I, I kept it as a hobby all the way until, well, 2017, pretty much. Um, from 2000, uh, uh, let me let me guess. Let me think. Uh, I think it was from. It was in 2015. Yeah, that's where we need to continue. Yeah. In 2015, I started trying to write my own little music, and I uploaded it to my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I called it. I called all of it uh, fan-made Mario and Luigi music because that's exactly what it what it was supposed to be and what I was trying to make the music sound like because I'm a huge fan of this series yeah. <laughs> and Yoko Shimomura in general. Um, I only had like 10 or 12 viewers on average per video, but one of them happened to be Ben, who two years later reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to write the music for Revita. Oh, cool. So that was, so it was the, a huge... the first the first game you, you basically started working on. Yeah, Revita pretty much dragged me into this indie scene, and I honestly couldn't be more thankful for that. It was just, it was, it was just a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's again going back to what you said originally about having to get lucky. I mean, the for, for someone to reach out from a a YouTube video about you know asking if you wanted to do soundtrack work for a for a game, and that game then being Revita, which yep. is now got quite a quite a big following that's uh, quite a place to start yeah and uh funnily enough shortly after ben reached out to me youtube removed its dm feature entirely so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah even even more lucky then <laughs> yeah even more lucky <laughs> or if, if if you want to be more precise uh, he actually reached out a little earlier and wanted me to write music for his fan-made Mario game. Oh, okay. But then, but then a little later, he'd started working on his own game. And I've been part of the team pretty much since the very first minute. <laughs> ah, nice. So that was, did you say, was that 2017 that sort of started with Revita? Yeah. yeah. It was early 2017, yeah. It took so five years for this game to be done. Yeah. I was going to say, it's only... <laughs> Is it this year it's been... It's this year it's been released, but obviously... Yeah, 21st of April. So that's quite a quite a journey um, for that for that to come out. And obviously being... I mean, when you came onto the project, was what was actually... Was there any sort of like working game model or was it just sort of an idea Ben had? Uh, he already had a playable... I'm going to call it thing... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it didn't have much to do with today's Revita. Yeah, it it had a, the only thing uh, beside the character itself uh, that didn't really change was that it was supposed to be a roguelite game. Yeah. But the overall moods and how the game is constructed, how the gameplay works, all of that w w was completely different in 2017. So even that came a long way from to yeah. what it is today. And, and also the music. Yeah. A little fun fact. In 2018, I think it was, we pretty much just scrapped the entire soundtrack I've written to this point because we were going in a mood-wise in a completely different direction. 
all the music was very upbeat and happy but if you've played Revita, it's pretty much the opposite <laughs> of was, upbeat and happy <laughs> i was gonna say yeah, i've been i've been playing it quite a lot the uh the last week and obviously the I've not managed to do a, a to get get through to the end of the game, but obviously you know it may be a spoiler alert. But obviously all the bosses are the stages of grief and yep. that sort of thing. So yeah, it's obviously a very moody and um, uh, emotional. Melancholic. Yes, that's the word I yeah. was looking for. That's my that's my favorite way to describe <laughs> it. It's not happy and not sad. It's it's just somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> so with obviously with obviously the music um i noticed on your on your notes on your website you're kind of like inspiration i mean i guess it's sort of the inspiration from the game as well um, from ben's perspective but like from games like hollow knight donkey kong country yep. i mean in my when, when i've been playing it i've got those i mean definitely donkey kong country soundtrack in um that sort of mm-hmm. like 16 16 bit but almost if you close your eyes well not necessarily close your eyes but you can kind of um, you don't necessarily know it's 16 bit which obviously the donkey Mm -hmm. Kong country soundtrack did really well but also like games like um celeste as well that sort of 8 16 bit but with more uh it was was that sort of a little more a little more modern i'd say yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) obviously like the game itself is that sort of 16 bit thing so i guess in that kind of with some of the sounds and that sort of donkey kong country inspiration just the the visual look of the game kind of pulled that sound idea in yeah so with um so going through like sort of obviously the play style of uh ravita being a roguelike um obviously one of the main things that happens is you go through the same section again and again and again it was it with um i completely forgot the names of it now but the first not the memorial uh memorial station but the first sort of zone you go into um, growth. that's yeah. it yeah um and like obviously that you know you're going to be playing that again and again was it in your head when you were writing that you was like i want something that's catchy but also you didn't want to make it annoying if someone's gonna have to play that section you know potentially tens of hundreds of times yeah it's that's something that's that you really need to need to be wary of i'd say (laughs) that if you if you hear something over and over and over again it's just shouldn't ever really feel annoying or boring or anything like that yeah in most games uh it's boss music or battle music that you hear over and over again you hear that here as well but revita has multiple different boss themes which uh, helps put some variation into the soundtrack i'd say yeah (laughs) but um once again in the case of gazing grove it was pretty much a coincidence that people don't get tired of it because gazing grove was the very first track i've written for this entire game it's also the oldest track of all <laughs> ah nice it definitely has um there's one like sort of synth line in it that reminds me go back to the donkey kong country the intro of the very first mm-hmm. donkey kong country where you know it's got cranky kong playing the little I can't think what it's gramophone and then it kind of cuts in it's got like almost that synth guitar sound doing yeah. like a little solo and it's yeah it's definitely picked up on that as like, oh, that's that's a bit of my childhood right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
I'm a huge fan of the Donkey Kong Country series, especially the soundtrack. Even though I actually never played the original two, so I still need to do that at some point. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I um, the the original Donkey Kong Country is one of my favorite games, and I make a I make a point of playing it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would do that with two, but it is longer and more difficult and i think i'd even if i've played every year and was quite good at it it would still get frustrating <laughs> yeah i mean i've been knowing the music for ages for most of my life but uh, for some reason i just never got to play it i there are there are a few other i'd say really classic games where i only know the soundtrack but i actually <laughs> never played it like probably no chrono trigger or Super Mario RPG. I've never played these two games either. <laughs> See, I've. I think this may be something that European people can relate to because neither of them got a release originally when they came out in Europe, and it's only sort of retrospectively that they've been re-released. So yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've. Well, I started playing Chrono Trigger earlier in the year on the DS, but I've never played Super Mario RPG. But mm-hmm. also. I've ended up listening to the soundtrack to the similar sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think Super Mario RPG might be the only major Mario game that I've never played. I, um, I've played pretty much every Mario game out there, I think. <laughs> but for some reason, Super Mario RPG just isn't on that list. <laughs> <laughs> isn't there some really obscure... Oh, no, that's Zelda, isn't it? The ones on, like, an Apple console that's, like, for educational purposes. But I think that's... Uh... That's Zelda. I'm getting confused, but yeah, there's, there's. I know there's like, there was some weird Mario games like Mario is Missing and stuff like that. Back yeah, in no, this... I didn't play that that either. But every, let's call it major or somewhat major Mario <laughs> the, game, the proper ones. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, what a thing um, with Revita that because I follow um, Ben, the developer. The version version two is coming soon. I don't know when or it's being worked yeah, i don't on. know when either and i think <laughs> ben doesn't know either <laughs> it, but is there is that going to be is there more music that you're in the process of writing for that or is that already written sadly there's no no music at all no new mu- music at ah, all okay. in this update yeah. ah, okay. there are there's a lot of content and a lot of um quality of life updates stuff yeah. and stuff like that in there but sadly no new new music for now maybe in a future update we'll see i actually don't know myself yet (laughs) but i wouldn't mind writing more music for this game (laughs) Uh, definitely not i mean mean, obviously it's like it's like 57 tracks i think i've written for this yeah this game overall and if you include all the songs that we scrapped after a year it would be like 65 or something (laughs) nice i mean they may they may get repurposed if they if they fit in some of the new content as well but obviously you just have to wait and see i guess yep so um i guessing from your comment previously about um using fl studio that's that's kind of the the main thing or or the entirety that you wrote and produced the soundtrack for revita on yep yep doing all my music and all my sound effects and also voice acting i'm doing pretty much everything in fl studio (laughs) so that's your main thing i mean you don't is there with any of the other soundtracks or anything else you've worked on is there any sort of like real instrumentation in there that you've recorded or is it just entirely computer synth and sample based 
Uh, in the case of Revida specifically, I think I've only used uh, my acoustic guitar in one single track live. Yeah. But I've used my uh, one of my electric guitars a few times here ah, and cool. there. But in for other soundtracks, I also like to use other live instruments here and there. Like a 12-string guitar sounds awesome if you record it. Also got a ukulele and a mandolin lately. Nice. Which fit here and there. And obviously bass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These days I'm recording bass for almost everything that I'm that I'm writing writing the music for live. If it fits the, the game, of course. Yeah. I don't want to force a live bass into something where it just wouldn't really fit. Sometimes worse in quotation marks, worse samples lead to better music, if that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you kind of, it sometimes forces you to be creative in different ways or like explore other avenues that you might not have been thinking of at the time. Yep. And obviously with the Revita soundtrack as well, there's the two tracks that have got vocals from uh, Twanix on as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's obviously um, recorded. I'm assuming with that, um, that was like done over separately like you didn't meet up to do that just obviously with everything the last two years not being able to go anywhere yeah it didn't really affect me that much because i live in a small village german village in the middle of nowhere so <laughs> if i if i turn off my phone and if i turn off my my laptop it's feels like i'm <laughs> in a different universe <laughs> all my connections all my friends or, or not all my friends but all my uh, music composition and game dev related friends i only know them online to this day i still haven't been to a single uh i don't know gamescom or anything like that but i'd really love to do that one day <laughs> yeah i mean definitely the last uh i think the last sort of two years have made people mm-hmm. more wary but also more willing to take the opportunity to do things like that because it's kind of a bit of a novelty again now yeah, I wanted to go to my first convention in 2020, but then the world pretty much ended. So, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, based upon your your answers um, and conversation up until that, I'm assuming you were a, a gamer before starting working on video game soundtracks. Yes, pretty much since I was a, since I was a child. <laughs> and what sort of again mentioned play a lot of the mario games what sort of games do you kind of play on a day-to-day basis and just enjoy Uh, these past two and a half years especially it was i've played a lot of splatoon 2 yeah and now splatoon 3 (laughs) since uh it's almost been i think it's almost been two months again but yeah yeah. I haven't played that nearly as much as i've played splatoon 2 it was i think i've may have exaggerated exaggerated a little there (laughs) and you've done a is it a cover album or an album inspired by splatoon it's pretty much an original album but i was trying to sound as if it could fit into splatoon yeah and that's on um that's on spotify as well if people want to listen to it yeah it's one of three times we have tried to do something like that the first time was an album called reignite where i tried to write my own little classic sonic soundtrack specifically sonic 3 yeah split in act 1 and act 2 versions and stuff like that the second one is called stellar where i was trying to write my own little super mario world soundtrack with original super mario world samples (laughs) (laughs) nice and yeah this year it was splash 
my little Splatoon album. Album. It was never supposed to uh, to actually be this big. I wanted it to, it to be a little EP or maybe even just a single to see if I could theoretically write that sort of music. But I, but motivation <laughs> kind of, kind of went a little overboard, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So I ended up writing 10 or 11 different tunes. Nice. I mean... And also involved a, a couple of friends here and there. So, yeah. <laughs> it's always nice. That's cool. So as well as obviously Revita, there's a few other games that you've you've worked on. Um, so there's the Twin Stick Heroes, which is obviously a twin stick shooter. I mean, what was the sort of, in your head, the idea of for the soundtrack and like how you envisage that sound in you mean for this specific game or in general just just for twin stick heroes yeah it's actually a good question i haven't talked about that game in ages (laughs) (laughs) it's the first pretty much the first commercial game with my music in it that was finished yeah even though i got it much later than revita i think i got twin stick heroes in 2000 uh 19 and it was finished in 2020 or something like that yeah it was a pretty small soundtrack let me quickly look it up i think it was six songs yeah, right? six from when i looked earlier yeah i remember that one of my main inspirations for this soundtrack specifically was uh sonic rush or chats at radio that kind of um how do you describe this like high energy like high energy and almost a little like dance music yeah with some samples here and there <laughs> and i even sampled myself for the main theme so <laughs> yeah nice <laughs> just recording myself for 10 minutes going like bah, bruh, bleh, doing weird <laughs> random noise noises and then trying to turn myself into an instrument <laughs> yeah nice always good to set yourself a challenge with stuff like that as well yeah and then um so like there's there's two others that are on on your website that you you, you mention um so there's legends of mathematica squared which is a, a humorous puzzle jrpg and i'm guessing i'm guessing a jrpg kind of thing is going to be completely different style to a twin stick shooter that's quite fast-paced and dancey completely different yeah i would say that um uh... In the case of Twin Stick Heroes, you can pretty much write music that also works perfectly outside of the game. But some of the music you hear in, a, in an RPG might sound a little bland if you just hear it without the context where it's playing yeah. in-game. And also in this specific case, it was uh, I was asked to write a retro soundtrack, a 16-bit soundtrack. So I had a, a sort of little limitation compared to Twin Stick Heroes where it was just like write some music <laughs> <laughs> so i'm guessing um i mean I, I know quite a few of the the games the other game that is going to mention tightrope theater that's also like a, a 16-bit soundtrack is that kind of became yep. even even unintentionally sort of like uh your your style that you're doing or is that just just circumstantial with the games you've worked on and yeah you know you're still happy to explore other sort of sounds when I started out in, or when I was officially, um, yeah, when I was officially starting as a freelancer and music composer, I wanted to write music that's either the the quirky and funny 
kind of music that you hear in Paper Mario games or Mario Luigi games. Yeah. Or write 16-bit music, actually, like in those old Sonic games. So, yeah, both, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, Revida is pretty much the odd one out of all the soundtracks I've written for, because usually I write very upbeat and quirky and happy music. But Revida is, like I said, the <laughs> the opposite, right? <laughs> yeah. If you, if you look at any of the other, the other games I have worked on or am working on, none of those is really sad or anything like that. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that sort of like with, with writing the Revita stuff. I mean, I don't know if you were doing any of that at the same sort of time as working on any of the other games, but was it hard yeah. to kind of shift out of a sad, melancholic songwriting not really i think uh back then in 2019 and 2020 especially i had like three or four games that were constantly overlapping with each other basically i was jumping from project to project and i'd even say that makes it easier to write uh, to come up with good music if you're not stuck uh, stuck in quotation marks (laughs) yeah having to write only melancholic music for like six months um, I think it's easier if you can write a melancholic tune, then you jump to a project where you have to, you know, write 16-bit RPG music, then you jump to a game where you have, like, upbeat, upbeat music for a, for a platformer game, and so on. That's that's easier, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it is well. It's like, obviously, if you're... I mean, kind of what you said, but, like, obviously, if you're almost have a creative block writing the melancholic music, it's nice to be able to then go and do something happy and upbeat that's actually still for a project rather than just something to kind of get you out of the out of the creative rut as such yeah it's a a bit of a a prejudice i'd say that if you uh, work on a melancholic game or if you're known for working on a game with melancholic music that this is the only kind of music you can write or that you like to write in most cases or many composers try to do pretty much whatever they can get (laughs) yeah in my case i would probably exclude jazz music since that's just something i don't feel like i can pull it off nicely (laughs) i'd rather recommend a friend who uh, has a focus on jazz music same with orchestral music but apart from these two i pretty much try to do whatever i get definitely i mean yeah some some kinds of music like jazz there's so many nuances and little things that if you're not uh, massively into it it can be easily missed and then especially if people you know are big fans of it they'll be like oh this is trying to be jazz but it's not got yeah. all these certain things i mean i i don't listen to jazz but or or that often yeah, neither so <laughs> but yeah i can imagine i can imagine there's things that are very very specific to that and they can be easily missed out if you're you're not actively try to go for that yeah sometimes you do have instances where you have to write one specific track that's supposed to sound like you know jazz or blues or anything like that that's fine i'd say yeah but writing an entire soundtrack in a music genre that i probably wouldn't even listen to myself is difficult i'd say it's much easier if you can write music that you would also listen to yourself privately yeah of course at least for me that's the case yeah i mean that kind of leads on to the next sort of question i've got is like what's um in terms of yourself what sort of 
music do you listen to on a day-to-day basis and is is there any sort of artists bands or composers that inspire you in your in your writing or just just in general in life there are a few i'd say yeah probably my biggest inspiration for music and especially my bass writing actually has nothing to do to do with video games at all it's the red hot chili peppers flea, yeah Nice. Yeah, because what I love so much about their music is that the bass is not just droning somewhere where you can barely hear it, but it pretty much tells its own story. It's treated with respect. It's melodic. It's prominent, <laughs> and isn't just there to stabilize a chord or something like that, so to speak. No, it's it's, it's doing its own thing, and I pretty much copied this kind of mindset into my own writing as well. Sometimes when I don't really feel like I can come up with a melody here and there, then maybe it's better to have something like the bass be a little more melodic instead, so you don't really need a, uh, an actual melodic instrument here. <laughs> and I'm just a fan of of uh, guitars, bass, and you know this this funk kind of rhythm. Yeah. Those rhythms, very nice. I did kind of think with um, it's gone again. The uh, the first the first area in not the Memorial Station the Grove Gazing Grove Gazing yeah. Grove that's it, uh, um, but like obviously that that's kind of got like quite a the baseline in that is quite it's not just yeah. a, you know like a dum 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 it's a bit sort of funky and a bit bouncy as well even yeah. though even though it's obviously melancholic it's uh, the the game it's just like kind kind of like the bass sits out a bit more than just you know being filler to make the rest of the sound sit nicely so yeah i kind of kind of see with that sort of influence yeah and it's not it's not just it's not just gazing grove but it's it's pretty much all of those normal area tracks where the bass is one of the most melodic and prominent instruments yeah (laughs) i just love that it you could argue that it probably wasn't necessary to do that but i'm writing the music so <laughs> ah, yeah yeah you do what you want what you think sounds best and then yeah. if i if i get the creative freedom then i try to use it <laughs> yeah i mean i did i did notice it a little bit but i i suck at that kind of game so it's like i've spent most of my time in gazing grove rather than <laughs> getting getting through i mean i think i got up to i got up to bargaining uh, the, mm-hmm. the bargaining boss and yeah, that, that. the ice world right yeah. World three. yeah and that's kind of like you know, that's that's the other thing about Revita because obviously the the um areas they're kind of all you know obviously there's the the grassland one the sort of um ice one and stuff i mean i'm guessing that kind of came into sort of sounds you were going for 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 those areas yeah for the third area specifically, I was trying to avoid using um, this one percussion element that you hear in all snow and ice music. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the name for for a moment right here. It's the tambourine. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, you hear that in you hear that in pretty much every Christmas song. Anything that has something to do with snow or ice, and I was just trying to do my own thing uh, but still try to make it sound like ice or sound cold yeah 
And a good way that I found to do is, is by using very hollow sounding synth instruments as well as an electric guitar, which still surprises me that this works so well, but <laughs> it does. More ice, ice music needs electric guitars these days. <laughs> I, I endorse that message. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's still, it doesn't have that sort of, again, that sort of like tambourine kind of thing that is just like, oh yeah, it's a Christmas snow song, but it still makes you feel like, I mean, I think even more, I think, when people do snow music it kind of becomes christmas music and then that actually feels a bit warm and happy yeah and that's what we were trying to avoid pretty much yeah. yeah whereas obviously it's like yeah you kind of get the 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 solitude and sadness and cold and yeah. miserable side of winter yeah i had pretty much 99 percent creative freedom the only thing that ben said is no matter what tune you're work, working on make sure it's there's always a little hint of melancholy in there. So even if it's something is a little more on the positive side, it still needs to sound negative, if, the, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I don't... I, it's not like um, the tracks are that sort of, like, really emotional, tear-jerky sadness. You know, mm -hmm. there's quite a few of them do have, like, you know, quite catchy beats and bass lines and stuff like that, but it is still, like, a, an overwhelming sense of melancholy and just kind of emptiness uh, yeah it's just like uh. yeah. but i so with so with revita obviously you've been working on it for a long time did you i'm guessing you've played quite a lot of it yourself now i did yeah, yeah. i played the the demo when it was still called aerodynamic long before revita was even a thing <laughs> and then i pretty much um played it whenever ben was sending me a demo until like 2000 i don't know 18 or something like that uh and then i've pretty much i i've i've seen a lot of it and ben always uh provided provided me with uh screenshots and videos stuff like that when i was trying to come up with music and sound effects but i didn't really play it from that point until it went into early access in 2012 um when was that i think 2020 <laughs> 2000 or was it 2021 i think it was one one and a half or a little less than one and a half years before it uh got into 1.0 i think <laughs> i actually can't remember <laughs> i think february 2021 or so yeah. yeah i've played it for like 70 hours i think on steam and when the 1.0 dropped i bought it on switch nintendo switch and played it for 90 hours there as well <laughs> so just a little bit then so yeah i mean the game is pretty short but what i like so much about the game is that you can just play it over and over again and it's it feels different every time yeah there's so much stuff to unlock this is what i'm enjoying it's like when the don't really know what his name is but like the old guy in the station with the tree and there's the caretaker yeah. yeah and there's obviously you know a ridiculous amount of things to unlock there and the uh the imprisoned yep. and all that yeah, stuff. When, when you play it when you play it for the first time you pretty much assume that it's just the five areas and the game's over yeah but i mean i've written 57 songs for this <laughs> game so <laughs> Yeah, I did. I did think when I I looked at like the soundtrack on on Spotify and then playing it, it's like, uh, 
even if like each area you know there's the main theme of the area the the boss theme and then sort of that sort of thing it's like that still means there's quite a lot of a lot of bits that i'm probably not going to get to for a while yeah pretty much (laughs) (laughs) so uh with the other thing as well that's um the revita soundtrack that i noticed with the spotify fingers there's the couple of tracks that's like the accordion versions are they Mm -hmm. are they actually in the game or are they just yeah every track every track is in the game excluding the um i think it's just called early access trailer one that's obviously not in the game but all the others are in the game but I think like 12 or 13 something like that are optional optional or hidden here and there ah, okay hidden hidden areas or a hidden thing you need to do or in the case of the accordion songs for example don't know if i should spoil that for you <laughs> uh, i mean what we'll do is we'll say that something needs to happen for them to be unlocked i'm assuming that's the case and yeah, then if if in six months time i've not managed to find them i'll i'll just ask because <laughs> yeah i don't don't think i'll be if if i've not got them in six months time i think i probably never will maybe you've discovered a secret room before or you noticed that for some reason the music turned down in a room or something yeah, like that yeah oh <laughs> yeah i did notice yeah. that Ah, there are ah. there are some secrets where, the, where either the music or a specific sound effect or something hints you that something is wrong here. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did think that, and I was just like, ah, oh, maybe I'm maybe maybe my I'm just going deaf. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Okay, it's not a bug. It, uh, it's uh, when it went into early access, that was one of the most reported bugs. <laughs> but we kept saying it's not a bug. <laughs> that's that's when you're standing at specific spots here and there the music for some reason just gets a little more quiet yeah. right yeah i've had <laughs> that happen usually, and then... it's usually in one room per area where this happens so yeah that makes sense now and now i feel really silly for not realizing that's what it would be <laughs> um so going off of sort of your influences and things in terms of um soundtracks is there any sort of film or game soundtracks you would have liked to kind of been a been in the room while someone was writing and recording it or it's like a, a um yeah any any sort of one you'd be like oh how did they do that and want to want to know yeah i'm a huge fan of the super mario galaxy soundtrack it's probably one of my favorite soundtracks of all time yeah <laughs> and i would have loved to see just how they came up with with these songs i mean you only as a consumer you pretty much only get to get you get to see the finished product but never how it was done. Was the bass done first or did they come up with a chord progression first or a melody? You just don't know. So mm, it wouldn't need to be Super Mario Galaxy specifically, but just some, you know, renowned composers. I would just love to see how they work. Yeah. <laughs> also, Yoko Shimomura, obviously, because my music gets quite often compared to hers. Not the, the kind of music I've, I'm writing, I've written for Revita, but the kind of quirky stuff I'm writing for other games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think it's like just from the perspective, it's like here's a song. And it's like how did they actually? How did they get here? You know, what? Yep. How how did they decide which instruments to use? And then you know, did they go? Oh yeah, we'll do this on 
like a guitar and then now that guitar sounds like this we'll go and add this it's just sort of yeah just being able to look in someone's head as to why they've made certain decisions and stuff is just really intriguing and unfortunately something we'll never be able to do yeah sadly (laughs) (laughs) unless you actually get to meet them and you you can ask them personally yeah (laughs) but i don't know how how realistic that is (laughs) yeah i mean we can dream yeah I mean, I, I would assume that I would assume that the, the general process is probably probably not that different from how I write my music, I guess. But you just don't know. Some composers start with a melody, for example, and I can say I've never started a single piece of music of mine with a melody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of composer who starts with either a chord progression yeah. or a bass line. So it would be pretty interesting to see how someone like Yoko Shimomura comes up with Mario Vici music. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think as well, like, it goes back to very early days as to, you know, the music you listen to and what that prominently features and maybe going, like, what you pick out first in music and being like, oh, I want to go for that bit first or... But yeah, who knows? I sometimes (laughs) think that the the games you played as a child may inspire you more than than you actually think. Because not only the Red Hot Chili Peppers have a huge focus on bass, but also the very first game I ever played in my life, which was Sonic 3 as a child. I was like, I don't know, four or five or something. And you're familiar with the the soundtracks, I assume. Yeah, yeah. The bass is also most of the time the most melodic instrument in in, in those tunes. Yeah, I mean, Sonic Freeze, the one I've probably, out of like the the Mega Drive ones, the one I've played the least, but... Oh, no. <laughs> I know, I know. It's oh, my but... favorite game of all time. Oh. <laughs> Sonic 3 and Knuckles, the full experience. <laughs> ah, nice. I mean, that kind of... Um kind of leads us on to the quick fire questions which the the first one would be your favorite game so <laughs> yeah i mean i have i have multiple which are completely different so <laughs> i mean yeah I, i'm happy to hear them all obviously i'm guessing they're all certain reasons why they are they sit as favorites yeah the thing about sonic 3 i love so much i don't even know how to put it into words but it's a game i can play over and over and over pretty much every year and i just don't get bored of it yeah it just sometimes it feels even more fun than it has the the previous year so and i also really love the, the level design of this this game it's in the entire game there's barely any you know like bottomless pits or like really mean enemy placement or stuff like that it's just fun yeah i did find like sonic is obviously from platform game kind of perspectives it's so fast-paced that it just kind of like flows nicely is a way of saying it it's just like really satisfying to play yeah, that's what a lot of Sonic games are doing wrong lately and also back in the days, I'd say, is there are just way too many platforming sections and, you know, bottomless pits. And yeah. in Sonic 3, it you I don't know how they... I don't know anything about programming, but they had a lot of sequences that, that pretty much loop. So if you fall down far enough, you're at the top of the stage again. <laughs> Creating this illusion that you're... Uh, endlessly falling down for example but you don't die (laughs) it just loops vertically more or less the level design 
and I've never seen a another game do this i think in most games if you fall down somewhere where you're not supposed to fall down you're you just die <laughs> yeah you just disappear off the screen and then that's that yep <laughs> so is it what, what what other favorite games do you do you have yeah apart from sonic 3 and knuckles i would say sonic adventure 2 is also one that that i've played a ton as a, as a teenager especially and still one of my favorite 3d sonic games I also really, really love, as you probably expect now already, uh, Super Mario Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite Mario game, especially the first one. I, I also like the second one, but the the first one just felt so much more... I don't know, the the, the overall atmosphere was, was just so much better, in my opinion. Um, I also really love Hollow Knight, and uh, I like to call it the the... the, the I forgot what I like to call them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the three... It's probably the three most famous indie games. I love them all. It's Undertale, Celeste, and Hollow Knight. Yeah. All three of them are so different, but so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they definitely... I only played Hollow Knight for the first time at the beginning of this year because it's. I was playing so mm -hmm. many games and just sort of like... If I'm playing this, I want to be able to dedicate my time to it, not like kind of be playing it in between other games. And it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just so. And Hollow Knight is a huge game. I don't yeah. know if you know that. <laughs> Compared to Celeste and Undertale, especially, yeah. I think you can beat the others in like five to ten hours easily. Yeah, I think, and I think I ended up putting sixty hours into Hollow Knight, and there's I've there's still the some of the um add-on kind of stuff that i've not done mm -hmm. um yeah me, me as well probably <laughs> yeah i mean i tried to do some of the some of like the the add-on bosses like i think it's the grim troop and mm -hmm. it just you know, <laughs> just note they absolutely beat me senseless several times it's like ah and now it's been what so I long since i've yeah. played it i almost can't go back yeah i i think i've played it in 2019 or something like that maybe it was even earlier i don't quite remember it was maybe it was 2018 yeah and the funny thing about hollow knight especially was i played it for like four or five hours on and off and i just couldn't get into it for some reason yeah but eventually I reached a place called City of Tears and that's when I completely fell in love with the game. The atmosphere of this area was just so... It was really something else. All the previous, I think it's two or three areas, all were kind of samey. You know, grasslands and uh, something with with uh, mushrooms, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, they were very kind like... Of felt a little cave-like. Yeah, cave-like and a little bland, maybe. But when I reached City of Tears, I completely fell in love with this game. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the first sort of... You've got, like, all the, the glass elevators and stuff like that, and then you can go outside and it's just got the rain and it's just very, very atmospheric and, like, oh, I can kind of... I'm in this place that you can tell was once a great city, whereas, obviously, everything yep. before that was kind of... Didn't, didn't really much allude to the sort of overall plot of the game and what had happened and stuff. It was just areas you would 
you kind of kind of went through to get to places but then yeah. yeah there was so much of the background story and stuff at that point as well but yeah it was just it was one of those games that you kind of get to a point and then you kind of like oh, and then you love it. <laughs> yeah it's like oh it's all right it's you know i'm enjoying it it's you know it's what i expected i'm not sure why people go on about it so much and then you get to get to a certain point it's like gets to a certain point it's like ah oh, this is amazing yeah that was that was pretty much me i had the fear that every single area had this or w- would be in a cave and would be only about you know darkness and it's getting even darker and darker and city of tears was kind of the opposite yeah right? it was open it was bright it was raining that was also pretty awesome <laughs> and the music also yeah it's so really good. really it's it, it it works nicely because it's that sort of it's atmospheric but then also it can be really um at the front of the experience as well when it needs to be you know like the boss fights or big action sections yep. and stuff like that but obviously the game itself is very atmospheric and it uh, you know it, it lends itself as that sort of sort of thing for most parts but yeah yeah definitely i mean all three of those games for for different reasons uh all all must plays people people should all play mm-hmm. so so continuing on with the uh quick fire quick fire questions what's your favorite musical artist band of all time yeah my favorite bands like i said earlier are the red Hot chili peppers yeah it's been like that for like 20 years or something now <laughs> <laughs> since i was a not quite teenager but child still yeah as for other video game composers, I'm a fan of Yoko Shimomura. David Wise is yeah. just awesome. Um, also, um, not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Jun Senoi, the the person who's written pretty much every Sonic soundtrack for the first like five, six, seven or so three uh, okay. Sonic games, <laughs> like Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure Two, Sonic Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, even I think, and Sonic of the Black Knight, and so on. One of my favorite composers. And yeah, some of my friends are also so freaking good at music. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane that they are not more known. <laughs> I do think the one good thing is as well is like, obviously because gay video games have just exploded. I mean, I know it's been huge for ages, but the amount of indie games and stuff, there's so much opportunity for people to actually write soundtracks whereas you know back in the day with the snes and mega drive it was highly unlikely unless you know you were very 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 lucky that you would have even had a look in yeah you you can be uh, these days you can be the the best the best in quotation marks i actually don't really like that (laughs) word (laughs) when when talking about music or just just art in general but you can be a really good composer and don't have luck which means nobody gets to hear your music yeah and that could potentially lead to you thinking that you you're just not as good but most of the time i think the the truth is just most of the or a lot of really great composers just never get this one huge opportunity where they can prove that they have what it takes yeah that makes sense right yeah definitely and then similar similar sort of thing i mean i think you may may have alluded to it in terms of um terms of this but your favorite game soundtrack of all time well that's a pretty huge list actually (laughs) (laughs) because there's so many but if i'm nailing it down to like 
10 or something like that. <laughs> I would say my favorite 8-bit, I'm starting from from retro to a little bit more modern. Nice. My favorite 8-bit soundtrack is something that I, I'm pretty sure most people have never heard of. It's uh, from a game called The Smurfs Nightmare. Okay. It's just, in my opinion, by far the most creative and best 8-bit soundtrack out there. If you haven't listened to it yet, you really should. It's it's so, so good. <laughs> there, are, there are times where you can barely even comprehend that this is still 8-bit, but I mean, it runs on a Game Boy, so it, it has to be. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. I'll definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah, about 16-bit, even though my favorite 16-bit game is Sonic 3, I think my favorite soundtrack is actually from a game that is hated quite a lot, and that's Sonic 3D. Oh, yeah. The the, the Sega Genesis version, especially. I mean, it had... There was also Sonic uh, 3D for the... Um, what was it called? The Saturn? Saturn? The Sega Saturn, yeah. Also an interesting soundtrack, but I much prefer the, the actual 16-bit one. It's just so, so good. Obviously, I also like this is this is also sixteen bit, right? Uh, Super Mario World. Yes, it's a small small soundtrack, but very very good. Apart from that, if we leave Chip Tune a little behind, <laughs> I would say Sonic Adventure is my favorite soundtrack that goes in this rock direction. I might like it even more than Sonic Adventure Two, which is a little more little more melodic and maybe conserved overall not quite as wild and crazy as sonic adventure one <laughs> sonic heroes is also just insanely good has some of my favorite video game baselines of all time so many so many great tunes <laughs> um super mario galaxy obviously yeah super mario galaxy 2 Another game that not that many people like, I think, where I think the game is great and the soundtrack is phenomenal, is Sonic and the Black Knight. This combination of rock and orchestra, this entire soundtrack, it's just, it's something you don't hear that often in video games, I think. Yeah, I've never I've never played Sonic and the Black Knight. Um, I do need to go back through a lot of the sort of Sonic games after Sonic Adventure 2 up until... Oh, what's the yeah. newest one called? My brain's just completely gone. Um, the newest one that's not out yet. I th yeah. no, no. The newest released one was was it Sonic Forces? I think. Yeah, and then there's the, the one that's out soon. That's Sonic. Sonic uh, Lost World or something like that. Yeah. I don't. I, I really didn't like either of those two games. Oh. They were so so horrible. <laughs> <laughs> not just bad. Especially Sonic uh, Lost World might be my least favorite 3D Sonic game of all time. Mm. It just didn't have anything that was interesting to me. Not even the music, and that is rare for a Sonic game. Yeah. Usually, if there's one thing you can count on, that that it's a banger, <laughs> that it's really good, <laughs> that it's the soundtrack in a Sonic game. <laughs> I do find like the the 3D Sonic games they're so hit and miss with with pretty much yeah yeah. But either even again, as you said, like generally the music's still good in them, even if the game isn't. But yeah. We'll yeah. just we'll see. Also, also an amazing soundtrack that a lot of people have probably never listened to is Mario and Luigi Dream Team, the fourth uh, game in the series, the Mario and Luigi series. Most people have played the first one or maybe the third one, where you can also play as Bowser and stuff like that. Yeah. But Mario and Luigi Dream Team, um, the first or by far the, the longest Mario and Luigi game, easily like 40 hours long. 
it has such an such a crazy good soundtrack is that the 3ds one yeah yeah i think it's one where i i've got it went to play it thinking it was going to be fairly short and then went on how long to beat and it's yeah. 40 hours like, oh i'm not i'm not ready for this level of commitment right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and let me think uh, octopath traveler also has an insanely <sighs> good soundtrack yes that's uh i love octopath traveler it's yeah me too i've never heard of the composer before i think it's I don't know if the, the composer who's written the music for this game has written for other games before. I should probably look that up at some point. Yeah. But man, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. And it's, I do, one thing I find, and this is probably just me, but like I play my Switch in handheld quite a lot. And mm -hmm. be because it's normally when I'm playing in handheld, it's because someone else is using the TV. I turn the volume down on, so I kind of... There's probably a lot of games where I've not fully appreciated the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. but, Potentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'll make sure yeah. I, I just turn it up fully and blast them all out. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I'd like to mention the first three Paper Mario games specifically. Yeah. So Paper Mario, Paper Mario, The Thousand Yidor, and Super Paper Mario which I also like to compare to the Splatoon soundtracks, which I also love a lot. It's They have so much in common that I love. It's over-the-top, quirky, goofy, silly, but the composers knew exactly what they were doing, and I love this kind of... You hear something that sounds so weird at first, but you know <laughs> this is intentional. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think like some, some games potentially i mean some games obviously is they're serious and the the messages and stuff but some games try and take themselves a bit too seriously and don't lend themselves to you know the quirky and silliness and yep. fun and yeah i think like obviously mario mario is one of those games that just leans into that sort of sort of thing yeah mario in general and especially the, uh, the paper mario series and yeah. the mario and luigi series they mm -hmm. take it to a, to a whole new level <laughs> definitely and then continuing on with the quick fire questions um yep. so we've had game soundtrack what's your favorite film and or tv soundtrack of all time boring question i probably don't have one ah, okay yeah i'm so focused in, uh, on game music and video games in general I, I barely watch any movies or tv series i remember that i liked the the soundtrack of game of thrones here and there yeah back when it uh, when it was still relevant <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm trying not to think how long ago that was because it'll make me feel really old when it's like oh that was like 10 years ago and it's like what <laughs> and i think when it started it wasn't even it, it was more than 10 years ago wasn't it uh, i don't remember uh, i don't remember i could be, i could be wrong but i, I i'm not quite sure <laughs> i'll just pretend i don't know and yeah. it was it was last <laughs> week and i'm i'm still very young and youthful <laughs> but as for movies i don't don't really quite know if i had to to name one I don't know if you can really call it a soundtrack, but I just love this overall soundscape in a movie that's called um, It Follows, yeah. which is uh, composed by the same composer who's written the music for uh, Fez, for example, F-E-Z. Yeah. yeah, Disaster Piece, yeah. Yeah, so so good. I, I, I think the main reason why I like this horror movie so much is because of the music. 
it's not just the the cliches that you know from other horror movies but he was really creative here and there yeah it's not that sort of like soaring cello sound and like oh we're really on edge and stuff it's just yeah it's very yeah and then creative. you see something that's scary and you have a lot of yeah something like that it's just <laughs> so overused and just like in the games he's making the music for he, i think there was a, a huge focus on, on synth elements yeah in the soundtrack and i i really like that definitely and then finally your your favorite single song or piece from a game soundtrack yeah i would probably pick one of the following five i'd say it's either city of tears from hollow knight yeah um space chunk galaxy from the first uh mario galaxy or i don't quite know how to pronounce this first word <laughs> first word actually Booyo base galaxy i don't either but we'll we'll go with that that sounds about this, right this thing yeah i have actually no idea how to pronounce this word <laughs> i think i think it's boy but i'm sure someone will yeah someone will correct me it's one of those yeah. annoying words that <laughs> sounds like another word but spelt differently <laughs> yeah then we have um diamond dust zone from sonic uh, 3d one of the, my favorite uh, video game melodies of all time it's just so freaking good and then I think I have to also mention what I'm made of, the final boss theme from Sonic Heroes, yeah. which is my favorite Sonic uh, tune with vocals in it. <laughs> nice. I do like the, um, that's one thing from the the sort of 3D Sonic games, like starting with Sonic Adventure, where it went from a, a synthesized sound, or like, you know, using the Mega Drive mm-hmm. sound chip and stuff to them basically being able to do whatever use you know any real instrumentation and stuff and yeah they just went a bit crazy with them and i love Mm -hmm. it (laughs) yeah me too there are probably there are probably like a few hundred more songs i could name now (laughs) so many good ones but i think this would take too long yeah a a top five is always always a good place and that i i i won't make you pick an individual a single one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and the, the funny thing is, if you would ask me the same question again tomorrow, maybe I'd say two or three different songs. <laughs> but usually, uh, like I said, City of Tears is, and Space Chunk Galaxy are the two that I always mention first. Yeah. <laughs> I could, also, could have also mentioned something like Adventures End from the final boss theme from Mario & Luigi 4, mm-hmm. Teehee Valley from Mario & Luigi's Superstar Saga, and a few more, but <laughs> like I said... <laughs> <laughs> let's not go crazy <laughs> <laughs> so um we've kind of talked about like obviously your your uh how you came into the game music and what you've uh, been working on and so what's what have you got coming up in the future any any games that are coming out that you can talk about that you've uh, worked on soundtracks for yeah um the thing is i think none of those games comes out anytime soon but <laughs> one of them is called uh doki toki doki okay. toki which is a how do I describe it? It's a puzzle game, which reminds me a lot of something like Portal. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's also going to be the, my very first 3D game that I'm ever going to uh, writing uh, music for. Uh, so far, I've only written three songs for it because we don't have a publisher or anything like like that. Like that. But there's a Kickstarter plan sometime in the future, and I obviously obviously I hope that it will be a success that I can write more music for this game. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> then I was um, contacted by a uh, by by yeah as, as someone who's who's uh, at at German University. <laughs> 
who is working on a game pretty much as her as her i don't know how, how you call that as her final test thingy oh, like a, a dissertation i think it's something it's something like that yeah, yeah pretty much and she's making a game that shares a lot of elements with the professor Layton series so oh, also cool. a puzzle game or yeah, yeah yeah puzzle games probably perfect and it's all it all takes place in one and the same hotel in different rooms yeah, nice. it's probably probably quite interesting yeah also written th- uh three songs for that so far i think yeah or two but um yeah i have more to write for that <laughs> uh as for really big games i'd say i currently don't really have anything in the works sadly <laughs> i have a lot of uh, smaller games or more mobile games like this uh, tightrope theater yeah that's getting updates every now and then depending on how well it does maybe there'll be future updates now but potentially the latest one that just came out a few days ago was the last one we will have to see yeah (laughs) it's not up to me it's up to how well something sells of course (laughs) if we can get uh more music for it or more content in general yeah there are two other games that i'm currently working on but i actually haven't haven't heard from the from the devs in a long time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that happens sometimes that a dev is just on a break or especially if they don't have a publisher or anything anyone who is pushing them that they're just gone for a few months <laughs> that can happen it's not that often but it it happens and that's just normal i think <laughs> yeah especially if it's not their their main thing like obviously if they've got a job or something it's i'm guessing some sometimes stuff has to go on there to a side while they deal with real life and things like that yeah that too you never know what they are currently going through maybe uh, you do you just don't know <laughs> yeah exactly and i mean is there um obviously i know you you mentioned there's not any planned music for uh version two of revita but do you know if there's any Sadly. any plans for any um like the, a physical release of the game or you know a physical release of the soundtrack or is that just something that's hopes and dreams at the moment um i would say that's obviously if it happens that would be awesome <laughs> but it's also once again pretty much just depending on sales yeah um and i don't know how well revita the, the game itself sells i think qu- quite okay not not too great but also nothing to complain about yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack though it's almost a little disappointing how f- few people <laughs> actually decided to get it <laughs> yeah the thing is um if you can get something for free in quotation marks on a, on a site like spotify or apple music or whatever it is then most people simply do not really bother to get to download or to buy it on a site like Bandcamp or Itch or you know something like that. Yeah. But if we do happen to get a physical release, a CD or vinyl or anything like that, that would be awesome. But I honestly think we just don't have the necessary funds for that. Yeah. <laughs> At least right now. If someone comes along and says they want to do it then it's definitely a go but at the moment nothing nothing like that's came about yeah and just in case someone is watching this this little uh, interview on spotify right now and you haven't purchased <laughs> purchased the revita soundtrack yet 
<laughs> you can check it out on my Bandcamp page. I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, uh, you've spoken to a lot of composers before, and I'm pretty sure you know that all of us love Bandcamp so much. Yeah. And that's always the first music page that we that we uh, say, that we name. Because compared to something like Spotify or Apple Music, you actually do get some of the the money that you <laughs> that, that's that's yours you know if someone if someone buys the the soundtrack for revita for ten dollars on bandcamp i get seven or maybe almost eight dollars almost 80 percent of it goes directly to the artist and that is amazing because on a side like People like to, to talk shit about Spotify, me included. <laughs> but, it's, but it's not just Spotify, it's most streaming sites. You just don't earn anything as a musician. You usually pay more than you get back. Or if you're lucky, you can, can maybe manage to go break even. <laughs> Or you're the 1% who have so much luck that you get thousands and thousands of listeners. Then probably you... you you'll be able to make some money with it. <laughs> But the best place to check out is always Bandcamp and even Itch. Yeah. What's the link for your Bandcamp if people did want to go on and buy soundtracks? Depending on the on the website, I'm either using my real name, Christoph Jakob, or as you can read here in Discord, Disomicon, that is also my official artist name. Okay. Mm, I'm, these days I'm not that happy about the name anymore because most people associate Omicron, Omicron with something else now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's just artist name and that's fine. <laughs> and then in terms of um, people keeping up with yourself and your works, is Twitter and your website the best, best place for that? Yeah, I, I would say... The best place is probably Twitter or YouTube. Uh, just just a month ago, I started, for some reason, I started being active on YouTube again, and I found some some new motivation to, to upload videos on a regular basis there again. And also, I'm also putting most of my original soundtracks on YouTube. So that's also something that people can check out if they want. Excellent. Apart from that, I'm not on Instagram, I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on <laughs> any of the other sites. I'm usually just on Twitter and YouTube. Yeah. Those are the two main pages uh, if you want to keep up with me. And if you want to listen or check out some of my music, it's either Spotify, Bandcamp, or I actually also still use SoundCloud every now and then. I <laughs> don't know how many other composers do that. <laughs> I think most do. I think it's it's just one of those those weird platforms that's kind of disappeared a little bit i like to call it it's it's my portfolio dump <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean that's kind of um came to the end of the questions i had for yourself christoph is there anything you'd like to talk about at all uh it depends is there anything you would like to talk about something anything else <laughs> uh, i mean i've i've not got anything <laughs> any of the questions or anything But yeah it's been a it's been a Absolute pleasure, Christoph. I've really enjoyed chatting to yourself. Thank you for your your time and um, for for agreeing to do this. Really appreciate it. Yeah. No problem. Likewise. <laughs> 
And I'd once again like to thank Christoph for taking time out of his schedule to chat to myself. As always, Beats and Bleeps will be back next week, the 17th of November, with another new episode. I'd like to thank you very much for listening and supporting the podcast, and I hope you have a wonderful day.